Thanks for joining us on our podcast, You Can't Recall Courage. Boy, what an exciting uh, 24 hours. Uh, we knew the president was going to uh, nominate someone to replace uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the United States Supreme Court. Uh, certainly appropriately, even though I may not have always agreed with every decision she made, uh, but certainly appreciated the service of Justice Ginsburg. And I think she received the appropriate uh, uh, salute uh, in terms of uh, being uh, uh, revered not only at the uh, at the Supreme Court, but in the United States Capitol. Uh, and uh, after a week of mourning, uh, the president yesterday, appropriately so, at the White House uh, announced uh, what many people had known shortly before that. The word had leaked out, but still exciting to see uh, federal judge uh, Amy Barrett and her uh, her family, her husband, uh, who was a fellow law school student at uh, Notre Dame Law School, who's now in private practice, and her seven beautiful children, wonderful children, uh, two of whom were adopted from Haiti. The youngest son uh, she gave birth to uh, having Down syndrome. Just a remarkable story. And I think the more people get to know about Judge Barrett, uh, the more there is to like, the more there is to respect. Uh, she is certainly extremely well qualified and I think has a great personal story. As I, I mentioned, her and her husband adopting uh, two children from Haiti uh, years ago, uh, part of a beautiful mixed race uh, family in terms of children and uh, dedicated uh, Catholics. Uh, uh, but as she has made clear, she made clear th- years ago, three years ago in her uh, hearings as she was up for the, the Court of Appeals for the 7th District, where she actually serves uh, under my good friend Diane Sykes, who is a former uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court justice and a good friend, uh, Justice uh, Judge Sykes. Um, served with her. She's the chief judge in that uh, in that district and in the Court of Appeals. And uh, boy, uh, Judge Barrett just perfectly positioned for uh, times such as this. I mean, she, uh, after graduate un- undergraduate degree, went on to Notre Dame, uh, where graduated first in her class. So this is someone who's extremely intelligent when it comes to the law. Uh, someone who, uh, uh, after uh, being top of her class at Notre Dame, uh, boy, what, what a great career. She went on, um, spent two years as a uh, law clerk, a judicial law clerk, uh, in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. District. Uh, and that was for uh, a judge uh, there, who uh, uh, Judge uh, Lawrence Silverman, who had been appointed many years before by, uh, or nominated. Uh, I appointed when I was governor of Wisconsin justices, court of appeals judges, and circuit court judges. So I just have to catch myself because governors like me were in a position to appoint. Uh, presidents obviously nominate, uh, and uh, those individuals they nominate only serve uh, once confirmed uh, by the members of the United States Senate. Uh, but uh, Judge Silverman was nominated uh, by Ronald Reagan uh, when he went on the senior circuit. He later uh, served with distinction. Uh, In fact, uh, actually did a panel on Iraq intelligence with former U.S. Senator Chuck Robb. And uh, near the end of uh, President George W. Bush's time as 
President of the United States. He presented the uh, Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian award uh, that can be presented by the President of the United States uh, to Lawrence Silverman. So uh, in his own right, uh, having clerked for him, uh, uh, Judge Silverman is highly distinguished. But then after that, he went on to, or she went on, excuse me, Judge uh, Barrett went on. She went on to to clerk for Justice Scalia on the U.S. Supreme Court. In fact, I, I hope if you get a chance, uh, I, I mentioned it uh, over the weekend on my social media, on Twitter, at Scott Walker, or Facebook, Scott K. Walker. Uh, but a great, great column that was written uh, by one of her colleagues, someone else who clerked uh, at that time for Justice Breyer, uh, a piece that was extraordinary, a piece that pointed out that that even though uh, their philo- uh, judicial philosophies uh, would be different, they'd be coming at it from either ends of the spectrum, uh, that, that this piece was exceptionally well written, said, but Judge Barrett is without a doubt qualified uh, to be on the US, U.S. Supreme Court. Um, she was unanimously supported by the members of the uh, Notre Dame uh, Law School faculty because, as I mentioned, graduated top of her class at Notre Dame Law, goes on to clerk, Court of Appeals, U.S. Supreme Court, spends a few years in private practice, eventually goes, returns back home after a short stint at George Washington University Law School, but back home, if you will. Uh, she was from Louisiana, but back home to her a law school alma mater, Notre Dame, where she taught on the federal courts, constitutional law, statutory interpretation. I just loved when she stood in the Rose Garden and said, I love the United States of America, and I love the the, the Constitution of the United States. It just says it all. Um, but this this column was written by someone who clerked for Justice Breyer at the time. She clerked uh, for Justice Scalia, just talked about... Um, her intellect that she and one other person were the two that stood out. That that other person happens to be someone who's now the uh, dean of the law school at Stanford, but how the two of them stood out as the people the other law clerks uh, turned to uh, for understanding and knowledge of the law and the cases before them, uh, that she uh, had an excellent understanding and a great temper and saying that you know, temperament alone isn't the sole qualifier for being on the, particularly the Supreme Court but that uh, she did. She had uh, this incredible temperament. Uh, I saw one of the stories uh, I read late yesterday was about a uh, a law school student who was blind, I believe, and uh, was uh, having trying to figure out some challenges about how to navigate through law school. And uh, then Professor Barrett said to her, hey, it's my problem now, and, and took care of it and found a way to accommodate uh, her disability uh, and now this individual happens to be clerking at the Supreme Court. I think the first person uh, who's uh, without uh, sight or, or sight impaired uh, ever in a position like that. So they're just examples after examples. And this column I would encourage people to read uh, talks about uh, why, uh, despite political or ideological differences or judicial philosophy, uh, why uh, Judge Barrett deserves uh, and the American people, not just she deserves to be on, but the American people deserve to have someone of the caliber uh, of Judge Barrett on the United States Supreme Court. Um, so I, I just think they're going to have extremely uh, difficult time uh, trying to attack her, particularly if they try to do what they did to Justice Kavanaugh. Um, unbelievable credentials. Like I said, her her law school faculty colleagues uh, unanimously supported her, even though they mentioned ideologically 
there was a gap out there. She had tremendous support from her law school students. She's revered by those who work with her uh, on the Court of Appeals. She's highly regarded, highly respected. Uh, but th- they're going to come at her not only by coming at her personally, uh, but by coming at the process. And we come back. I want to talk a little bit more about that. Again, Scott Walker, thanks for joining us on our podcast. You can't recall courage. Hey, Scott Walker here. Thanks again for joining us. As I was saying, uh, what a great appointment by President Trump. Uh, judge, federal judge Barrett, distinguished in her own right. Uh, I love the column that was written by one of her colleagues. Uh, it was up on social media, as I mentioned, uh, uh, Twitter, at Scott Walker, Facebook, Scott K. Walker. Uh, take a look at it. Probably one of the most compelling arguments out there because it came from someone who clerked uh, for Justice Breyer when uh, Judge Barrett clerked for Justice Scalia and just talked about how incredibly well qualified she was, that, that there were two people amongst the law clerks that everyone turned to, and it was her. And the other one now is the dean of the Stanford Law School. Uh, just wicked, smart, uh, knew the law, understood the law. Other clerks, law clerks turned uh, to the two of them and how extraordinary uh, either of them would be on the United States Supreme Court, even, as this writer said, even if they didn't always agree with their ideological uh, perspective or, or where the outcome of that might take them. Uh, I just thought really incredibly important. And that's why when push comes to shove, it's going to be next to impossible uh, for the left to de- attack and defeat uh, Judge uh, Barrett based on any sort of merit, because by any measure, uh, first in her class in law school, uh, distinguished clerkships in the Court of Appeals and the U.S. Supreme Court, a practice in the, uh, in the private sector, uh, distinguished time as a law school professor where every one of her colleagues from across the political spectrum, unanimously came out and endorsed her where she had tremendous support from her law school students. Uh, now on the Court of Appeals, where my friend Diane Sykes from Wisconsin is the presiding judge, just well-revered and respected by her colleagues, uh, no matter who uh, nominated them to the federal bench. Uh, this is someone who, by any measure, if you took away the name and the name of the president nominating her, it, you'd be hard-pressed uh, in an objective sense not to say this should be a slam dunk. Then you add in these attacks, I mean, talking about faith. I mean, my goodness, Nancy Pelosi, who professes to be a Catholic, who graduated from an all-girls Catholic school in Maryland, who supports Joe Biden, who professes to be a Catholic, uh, why they would in any way ever try to apply religious test going after uh, Judge Barrett and her family for being devout Catholics. One, it's just wrong, and it it's violates the, the sense of the Constitution and the founding of this country uh, to even have even consider any sort of religious test. That's what they do in other countries, not here. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, this uh, the, if, if any branch of government should matter the least, uh, particularly if people are operating in the way our founders intended, which is you know, judges and justices should be calling balls and strikes. If you want to make the rule book, if you want to make the laws of this country, go go run for the office in the legislative or executive branch. Uh, as Judge Barrett said in her hearing in front of the Senate committee before uh, she was uh, confirmed and then sworn into the uh, Court of Appeals position she has for the 7th District in the federal government system, um, she made it very clear that her her personal beliefs do not have a bearing, that she is a strict constructionist. She looks at 
at the facts, applies them to the law, and the ultimate uh, uh, rule on all this is how it applies under the U.S. Constitution. And that, that's, again, where this column is so worthwhile to read because it was a reminder. I'd heard a story over the weekend of, uh, you know, just pointing out where uh, someone else who had clerked, oftentimes good intentions, people in this case, everybody knew and acknowledged that the, the best outcome practically uh, was one place, but the law really didn't allow for that. And as for, unfortunate as it was, uh, it dealt with the statute of limitations case. And uh, it was just interesting, even people who are extremely well-intentioned, uh, one of the other uh, clerks for a justice uh, who would be a little bit more liberal, in this case wasn't even just necessarily from a hardcore activist position, but was just trying to get to a practical outcome and, and went, what the desired outcome was and kept trying to move back and saying, well, yeah, I know the statute of limitations ran out, but really the... The, the, this branch of government didn't acknowledge it till this time and then moved a little bit further back and said, well, this branch of government didn't acknowledge it till years later, so maybe that's when the statute of limitations started. Oh, no, no, let's go back even, even move up even further and say, well, it really wasn't until this point, so the statute of limitations just keeps moving. And, and now Judge Barrett making it very clear that, well, no, that's not what the law says. It's what people like Scalia pointed out is it doesn't matter what the intentions were, it's what does the law actually say and, and how can that be applied under the Constitution. Whether you're conservative or liberal politically, I would argue all of us should want judges and justices who do just that because even though it's rare uh, compared to, to particularly in the federal courts, the frequency in which we see liberal activists on the bench uh, the fact of the matter is, on occasion, and it could be, you know, arguably even more in the future, um, a conservative could be an activist. Doesn't typically happen. Certainly, doesn't typically happen by those who are nominated by conservatives. But it could happen. And in that case, whether you're liberal or conservative, uh, you don't want judges and justices making these decisions for you. You you want the laws of the nation uh, to be made by the legislative and executive branches. Uh, and uh, that's the process set out in the federal uh, constitution. It's the process set out in our state constitutions, and it's something that we should have great uh, vigilance for, uh, something great fidelity for. That's what you get. That's what you will get uh, with the uh, Justice Barrett on the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, I just love the, the nonsense as well. The liberals are just throwing out everything they could going after her and her family, going after her faith. Again, this is someone who practices her faith, doesn't just talk about it, doesn't impose it on others, but lives by it. You look at the, the, the gifts of God that were given to her and her husband, uh, both through natural birth and the two that they were able to adopt. You look at their youngest uh, maternal son and uh, seeing that uh, the challenges that the family was provided with, with having a child with Down syndrome and yet as she mentioned at her hearing for the Court of Appeals, by far all the siblings view him as their, their favorite, most engaging uh, sibling of the bunch. Uh, you look at uh, those on the left mocking, oh, it couldn't be possible that somehow uh, she and her husband could have a professional life and not have a bunch of hidden nannies and not really you know, living somehow this superficial life, uh, not understanding that people do that all the time. Faith, family, friends, 
These are things I hope more than ever, particularly during the shutdown and coronavirus, I hope more than ever we all realize just how incredibly important that is. Uh, I have remarkable respect for the uh, for Judge Barrett's family, and not just for her and her husband as parents, but for uh, those children. I, I just know with two, uh, and, and I know with plenty of friends and family who are either part of or have uh, larger families, it's not just the parents, it's the older siblings as well. The Sean and Rachel Duffy are good friends of ours, and those, the older kids, a number of whom are involved with YAF, which I'm now uh, part of Young America's Foundation going forward. But, but you can just see the incredible maturity they have uh, passed on not only by their parents, but, but by their role and their involvement in their younger siblings' lives. It's just remarkable out there, and what a, what a blessing. What a blessing for her to be able to live that life and be a role model not only to her own children, but particularly to young people, particularly young women, but young people in general, not just young women, uh, to show that you can have a good and decent family life. You can be uh, devoted to your faith, and in this case, specifically uh, to your belief in Christ. You can do all those things and still be wildly successful in your chosen profession, in your vocation, no matter what it might be. I just think she's going to be an incredible role model. And I think the more America gets to know uh, Amy Barrett and her family, the more they get to see this remarkable judge and this even more remarkable person, the more difficult it's going to be for those on the left, particularly people like Senator Harris on the Senate Judiciary Committee, to go after her and to go after who she is. Because I think a lot of people are going to look and say, that's either who I am and who our family is, or that's someone I respect. That's the friend that I really respect and admire uh, for the way she's able to balance things in her life. Certainly not perfect. None of us are perfect. No one's been on this earth for more than 2,000 years who's perfect, but but just what a remarkable life already uh, that she's been a part of. And hopefully we'll be able to provide that kind of excellence um, and temperament to the United States Supreme Court for decades to come. I just applaud, <coughs> excuse me, I applaud uh, the president for making such uh, such an outstanding appointment as he's done time and time again, not just to the Supreme Court, but uh, to the Federal Court of Appeals and to other federal judicial positions. Uh, this will be, as much as anything else, his lasting legacy, and it's exceptional. And I just thought it was so brilliant four years ago when he put out a list, and, and since then, so he looks ahead to the next four years as he's added to that list uh, to point out the kind of people that, that he's not afraid of scrutiny. He knows that these are women and men of incredible character. Uh, these are people who are extremely well-qualified, excellent legal scholars, and people who understand that the sole role of the judiciary is to uphold the Constitution and those laws duly enacted within it, no more, no less, uh, he's got a list. Should there be further uh, openings uh, over the next four years, we know exactly the kind of women and men uh, that this president would nominate to be on the federal bench. We don't know that about Joe Biden. One has to assume that's because of the radical nature of the names he'd put on there. Is it going to be Elizabeth Warren? Is it going to be Bill or Hillary Clinton? Is it going to be Barack Obama? Who might be uh, the people that he would nominate? Or is it someone even more radical than that? Um he just won't tell us. And I think the American people deserve to know uh, the type of people who are on the bench. Uh, I think the Constitution clearly lays out the responsibility, as has been done every time it's it's occurred before when a, a vacancy has happened in an election year or in a lame duck session. 
Every American president from George Washington on, anytime that's occurred, has done exactly what Donald Trump has done this weekend. He is right to do it. The Senate would be right to act on this quickly. Uh, This nomination should never be in doubt. And uh, I would encourage not just Republicans, uh, but every fair-minded member of the United States Senate to vote to confirm Judge Barrett to the United States Supreme Court. Till next time, keep fighting for freedom. I'm Scott Walker. Thanks for joining us.